am P.M. Kester, and welcome to the How to Take a Break podcast. This is a wellness-centered podcast presented by P.M. Kester Enterprises that examines the different types of breaks people take and why you need to incorporate breaks into your life. Let's start the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the podcast. This is part of our three-part Taking a Break to Start Over series, Taking a Break to Start Over After Age 40. And I think it's important that we key in on it Um, because I am after age 40 and I asked all these questions. And so I'm bringing some folks along that I respect that I think can really hone into the three target areas that you hear me talk about on the show all the time. Last month, we talked about um, love, relationships. Um, This month, we are focusing on career and purpose. And joining me today is Kim Chesney. I'm going to read a little bit about her. Kim Chesney is an artist. Her work is heavily influenced by her years of travel to inspiring world cities such as Tokyo, Nairobi, Athens, Rome, and Mexico City. Her work embodies a modern-day connection to processes that have been practiced for thousands of years. And she has this cool quote in her bio, and I think it is just amazing. She says, art is a universal language that unites us both spiritually and historically. Encaustic literally lights my fire. She's going to tell us more about what Encaustic is. But everyone, let's just welcome Kim. Kim, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I, I want to mention that this is taking a break, starting over after 40. You need to know I'm well over 40. I'm 68. <laughs> I'll be 69. So, you know, this might be for your moms or it might be something for you to aspire to down the road. Oh, I like that. So that's good. So she's already dropping gems. We're like barely two minutes in. <laughs> she's already <laughs> dropping gems. Kim. I've told everyone that you are an artist, but share a little bit more about your background with the listeners. Um, I think it's important to know that I am the middle of seven children. Okay. (laughs) And I really think that the pecking order has a lot to do with who you are. And being the middle of seven, I think it has always been my thing to be in the arts, not just in art like what I'm doing upstairs in my studio, but I I started out in theater. As a matter of fact, in the second grade, I was asked to emcee the whole Christmas program. And without even a bat of the eye, I said, of course I'll do that. (laughs) So not only did I sing, I emceed, I was what? What are you in second grade, seven? About seven, yeah. yeah. So I I went on through school, mostly doing uh, theater. You know what? I can see that about you, though. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're so expressive. Oh, thank you. Well, that's Italian. I don't know if that's theater or if it's Italian. (laughs) But yes. And so and then from that, I went into the culinary arts, which is also artistic. And I developed a series of culinary classes for kids. You know, you have to eat certain foods for your eyes, for your skin, for your muscles, for your energy. 
And then from that, I decided, okay, am I gonna do the culinary arts or am I gonna do art art, right? Like what I'm doing now. And the decision to do the kind of art, you know, making art my main focus was when my children had graduated high school and were in college. One was studying in Shanghai or Beijing, Beijing, I think. And the other one was in London. And I went out to talk to my husband and I said, you know, this just isn't fair. How come they get to study abroad where their parents and neither of us have studied abroad? He said, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to study art in Europe. And so he said, find yourself a, a workshop. So I did. I found one right on Lake Como. Oh, my God. You know, I'm sorry. This is not brief. Not brief. It <laughs> says, number one, can you briefly share? <laughs> and so I, I decided if I was going to fly to Lake Como in Italy, I wouldn't just go for one week because we were using frequent flyer points. I would go for three weeks. And after the end of the third week, my instructor, who I love, and he's still a good friend of mine, he said, Kim, I've never had anyone sign up for three weeks before, but I'm so glad you did because you are the slowest learner I've ever had in <laughs> any of my workshops. And Kim, I'll pause you there. What age were you when all At this, that point, this happened? That was in 2007. So we have to do the math. I think I was 53. Well, after age 40, I love it. Yes. And not only that, I had to come back from Italy. And one week later, I did a, I donated bone marrow to someone with leukemia. So yes, that was at 53. Yeah, that was a big year. 2007 was a big year. So yeah, that's kind of my, my part of my background. And then I kept taking art lessons. I tried to, what Jerry said to me, I was like, I know that may be true, but I'm going to find a form of art that is all it, that I can create on my own. I'll never be like the old masters. And so I was taking an art class and behind me, the next class was setting up and they were setting up with wax in electric fry pans and I looked at them and said what are you doing and they and the teacher said I am teaching encaustic encaustic means to burn in and it was developed 2,000 years ago by the Greeks and the Romans and they developed it they put in resin and beeswax and they coated their warships with it because, of course, there was no um, preservatives back then and the wood would rot. I mean, you've seen those films where the water's dripping in and, the, you know, they're trying to keep the boat together. Well, they coated it with beeswax and resin and it protected the ships. And then they found out that it could also take in um, pigment. And so they started putting the family crest on these warships. And I mean, it's a fascinating process. It's been around for thousands of years, the Greeks and the Romans. So me being Italian, the Roman sort of 
historical aspect of it um, really, you know, resonated with me. And um, asking about obstacles, what did I face? Well, I mean, people like Jerry telling me that I was maybe just a little simple-minded, that was an obstacle. That I, I know, that jumped out <laughs> immediately, yes. Yeah, I'm like, thanks, Jerry. You know, when you're over 50 and someone says, you know, this isn't going to be your thing, you can always find a way to make it your thing. You know, just like the culinary arts, you may decide, and I have heard this a million times, even my husband says, well, I don't know how to cook. That is hogwash. Get on the computer, pull up, just write chicken parmesan in chicken parmesan it you'll have 10 recipes come up and they even show you videos of how to do it so when someone says to me i don't know how to cook there's so many ways that you can do that in the culinary arts now um but for so, you age 53 you spent three weeks with this with this this artist who told you like mm, you kind of slow this may not be for you there was some type of drive in you that made you not listen to him and go and try to find your thing what pushed exactly. you to do that say what 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 pushed you to keep going after that after he told you mm, maybe this is not for you well here's the thing my kids had gone off to college and i was pretty much a stay-at-home mom and i looked my mother is 28 years older than I am. And when she was 50, now remember this story, I'm 53. When my mother was 50, she got her GED. Oh, wow. And she applied to college and she got in. She got into the University of Central Florida. It took her 10 years to get her degree in management while she was working full time and she still had a couple of offspring at home. And when she finally graduated, I was so proud of her that I called up the university and I asked to speak to the president. Now, I just want you to know that I've always been a big thinker, okay? With my, with my mom, I called the president of the university. I told them about her, that she at this point was 60 years old. She was graduating. They put her on the cover of the school magazine. They were so impressed. They called the Orlando Sentinel. They did a double page on my mom. And she's in her cap and gown. My dad, who had a sixth grade education, is sitting there like this and <laughs> not even looking. But when I looked at my mother and said, if she can do all this after having seven children, uh -huh. at 50, get her GED, get accepted into the University of Central Florida. I mean, they were still using the Dewey Decimal System in the library back when she was in school. You know, everything was different. She didn't know how to use yeah. computers or whatever. And she plugged along. And in 10 years, she got her degree. So I looked at her and I'm saying, what am I going to do? Kids are gone. 
I want to do something that I love that's purposeful, purposeful and meaningful to me. So I took one-on-one -on -one lessons with the encaustic teacher and I took it for months. It really was hard for me to get the whole process of it. And through the years, and I've been doing encaustic now for maybe 12 years, I have developed my own, help me with that, my, my own process. Your own process, your own style, because I've yes. never seen anything like what you do. Yes. And um, I am now um, a permanent exhibitor in the National Museum for Encaustic Art in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm also a permanent exhibitor at the art at the Art and Architecture School of University of Tennessee. And so these were all goals I, I set up for myself. Well, before we jump into intention, though, I kind of want to I want to dial back and talk about purpose, because you talked about how you want to do something that was purposeful and meaningful to you. And I think that we use the word purpose a lot. You hear people find your purpose. What's your purpose? What do you think purpose is? And when you were talking about finding something purposeful for you, talk to us about how you knew that it was this artistic medium that you were at. So what is purpose first? Well, I I, I wanted to, I'll, I'll dial back a little further to when I was teaching culinary. I went to Jane Fonda. She had a program, a nonprofit, um, and it was... Um, teen prevention, uh, pregnancy, teen, pregnancy prevention for teens, because nine out of 10 prisoners are born to, to teen mothers. Mm. And that was sort of her thing. So I went to her and I said, look, I'm putting together this program for children, you know, that are, you know, need to understand a lot of different things in their life. And let's just focus on nutrition. And so she gave me a slew of kids, had them bust in. All of it was free for them. I paid for everything my husband and I did. All the food, I hired a chef and he would come in and I was sort of the home chef. So my purpose there was to teach nutrition to these kids. They'd not, you know, they, they didn't know how to prepare food help in a healthy manner. And so my purpose was to teach them about the culinary arts. And, and so that made me feel so valued that I had made a difference in these kids' lives. Now with art, every year I give thousands and thousands of dollars worth of art to nonprofits. And it, it makes me feel really valued to know that I'm working with Cure Childhood Cancer, Juvenile Diabetes, uh, Chris 180 where they do foster homes um and i've even gone to the foster homes actually to teach art and to teach the culinary arts and so i think that i make sure every time somebody calls me from a nonprofit and says will you donate art to our silent auction i say yes i say yes to them because it's money that will go right into their coffers and it gives me a sense of purpose. Now, I am not an angel. I do love to sell my pieces. And I do that very well. And so there is a that's purposeful for me because I feel like 
that I'm accomplishing something more than just as a donation. But I think sometimes money can be, you know, can show you that your art is valued. And I mean, the former, the former um, quarterback for the Falcons owns a piece of my work. And it was featured in Lux Magazine. I've been featured in, oh, I just happened to have it right here. <laughs> you know, Southern Homes featured my work in there. And so that makes me feel like that's purposeful, don't you think? That you're moving into an art realm? It also, to me, I think that sometimes we get caught up in thinking that our purpose has to just be one thing. But it sounds like purpose is kind of fluid. You know, different things will give you purpose in your life. And we don't need to get tied down into thinking that, you know, we're in this one box. Our purpose is this one thing. And we always have to move in this one thing. Certain things can give us purpose. Certain things can align with the purpose we have for our life. It's not just the one. And that's what I'm hearing from your story. So many things have given you a sense of purpose in your life. And when you get to this artistic journey, it was something that aligned with the purpose. Your art gives you purpose. The medium that you used aligned with a purpose. It does. And, you know, it's funny. One of my, I, I'll, I'll give you a little story about my older brother, who's 18 months older than I am. And I was, he has his PhD. He's very accomplished. I was in his office down in Orlando. And I was sitting in his office and one of his friends walked by. And he came in to meet me and he said, what do you do? I said, I'm an artist. And my brother said, you are not an artist, Kim. Okay. That was kind of at the beginning. The very next year, the same thing happened. Only a different guy walked by and came in the office. And my brother said, I'd like you to meet my sister, Kim. She's an artist. And that was so valuable to me because in that year, things had changed for me and they changed because I made it happen and I believe that you have to create your own enthusiasm for life you Ooh, can't just it. sit back you have to create your own enthusiasm I mean just like speaking to you I saw you online I don't know why how I zeroed in on you um and you and I I, I said why don't you come over and take a look at my, my studio I wanted to meet you and a lot of people don't have the courage to meet new people. They think their little circle is right where it is. And the, I just No don't. new friends. Yeah. <laughs> I loved meeting you. And I think I may have shared some like cooking with you, my bean soup or something. Yep. Um, split pea soup. Yep. My, it was, was delicious. It split pea? <laughs> yep. Oh, good. I love, that's another purpose. I love to feed people and I love to make them feel you know, satisfied with healthy, good food. So that's a whole nother thing. But now, um, as far as art, like you said, I'm going to go back to, yes, it's fluid because I love art and I love to cook. And there's so many things that I love to do that when you said, what do you do to take a break from work? I know that's skipping on it is it is and I think we're going to get to that as well I actually want to touch on something important you said and I don't even know if you realize you said it um, which is probably going to be a breakaway you said you have to create your own enthusiasm for life 
So again, this is called taking a break to start over after age 40. Um, age you have 50 so or 60. All after there, all up in there, right? So later in life, you go through changes. You face empty nest, uh, divorce, or becoming widowed. And what I think happens, and I think it was so poignant what you said, that you have to create your own enthusiasm for life. I think that when we talk about starting over, you have to have some type of zest when you're starting over after age 40, when you're in your 50s and you find yourself An not like an nester. An empty nester, not kind of liking where your job is going or retiring or something like that. You have to have an enthusiasm for where you are in your life and your next step so that you can thrive. And so, you know, conflicting with that fluidity. And I think that's such poignant advice because you have so many people, you read stories, you read books about people that are incredibly lonely um, after age 40, they don't know what to do. They're sad when their kids go to college. Their job is not where they think they want it to be because they're, they're tired. They really, they want to start the, the next chapter, the next thing, but maybe they're afraid. Kind of like you said, their friends are in different places and they're kind of scared to reach out and connect with new people. Um, I said no new friends because I've heard different people say that a lot. Like they're scared to have new friendships. There is some type of thing they're scared to have that enthusiasm for life. So I just want to point that out because I think that was like brilliant advice that coincided with this episode. Thank you. And it's because you have this enthusiasm for life. You have this zest to bring people in. Um, and I also think that it's about our intentions, right? And I know you brought up intention earlier. What is your intention for this year or any other year that you want to share with us? My intentions for this year, I want to be a more balanced person. Oh, that's good. I want to be balanced. And it's something I've told my children. I said, there are five things because their dad, my husband, we're still married. Today is our 39th. Well, it's kind of our 39th anniversary because it's March 1. But yesterday was kind of our anniversary too, February 28th, because we were married on February 29th. Oh, you were a, a leap marriage because you took a leap. <laughs> I love <Yes>. it. <laughs> um, and because he worked so hard and he worked so hard because my husband didn't even have indoor plumbing until he was 10. He was raised in the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. And you talk about a man with intention. At 14, he said, I'm going to be a, a vice president of an international company by the time I'm 40. And he made it by the time he was 30. Okay, here's this guy that I'm dating. And then eventually I marry and I see him doing all the things that he does that are related to work. So I tell my kids, there are five things that you really need a pie chart of. And that is your physical health, okay? Your emotional health, your health in relationships, your spiritual health, and your, I for, always forget the fifth one. I think it, you know, it, you, that you your lightheartedness, you know, you've got to be able to be a lighthearted person. You can't have, like, uh, unfortunately, like my hubby, you know, he had, like 75% was his career. 
mm-hmm. because he had these goals that just were sky high for him. You know, he was the chief financial officer of Coke International, and we lived in Japan. I mean, this guy worked like crazy. And so I really wanted my kids to know that their balance is so important for you to be happy. Right. And so both of them make sure they work out. That was so important. I think that you are healthy in that way. And they both have spiritualism. I don't know about religion or any of that. They follow that, but they are very spiritual people. And then also, part, oh, I know, realizing your potential. You've got to be able to realize your potential. And as a parent, I think that's important that you see what your kid is capable of and you don't push them too hard, but you also, you know, you see that they reach their potentials. Um, my daughter's working on her PhD. She's the scientist like you are. Yes. Um, yeah, she has been in public health ever since she was diagnosed with tuberculosis at 13. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> she just was so fascinated because she had to go to the doctor all the time. And she said, I want to, how do I get this mom? And so she decided she wanted to go into public health. Now my son is a banker. He has his MBA. He is a brilliant strategist. I love them both. They both have totally different philosophies, but they keep those five things in mind because it suits them. So for me, I am trying to become more balanced. I want to um, intentionally wake up with a plan every day. That just works best for me. Before I go to sleep, I say, okay, I'm going to get up and walk my dog. I'm going to um, make sure all my laundry is done or I'm going to be up in my studio. I'm going to contact some galleries. And, And so I have intentions every day each day, but also for the year, part of my intention for the year is to be in this great magazine called In Her Studio. Ooh, I like it. Women and women artists. And I read that they didn't feature very many older artists. And I was like, yes. So (laughs) So I hired a photographer who came and took some great photos of me. I found a wonderful young, and these are young people. My photographer's 34, and I, I love working with him. And then I found a 35-year-old freelance writer. I got in touch with her. She came over, and she recorded me. And so she's going to write several. She's going to write an article about me. And with that article, I'm we're going to develop a link I want magazines like this one to feature someone older who's made a name for themselves in art later in life. Not, you know, George O'Keefe was in her eighties. All right. Education. And the other part of my intention is I see a friend of mine that I met at this three weeks in Italy. Uh She lives in Australia and her name happens to be Georgia. And Georgia now represents um, go, um, golden. It's a paint. It's a it's a brand of paint. And uh-huh. She's the face of that brand of paint in Australia. So why couldn't I be the face of some of the beeswax or some of the pigment that I use? I mean, I love why it. Not? 
So I want to, I have to put all this together. I have to have all my ducks in a row before I can approach any of these people. And so that's what I've been doing. That's my intention for this year. I love to it. make some money. Of course, but I love the plan. Like you said, the main one was to be more balanced. But part of that balance, I think, I love how you're amping up your exposure this year. You're creating the media kit. You want um, the key media outlets. Um, and you're looking at that to be the face of, of a brand. I think that that is amazing. And I love that you said that Georgia O'Keefe did not make until she was in her 80s. Again, people who connected to purpose way past age 40, after age 40. And I, I will always keep counting on age 40 because so many, it used to be where 40 was like this cutoff zone, like nothing happened. You went into the abyss, I guess, and hid after age 40. There's like so much fear. But I really do think that is when we live. That's the perfect time to start over. That's when you live. You just started living. It's a whole new life. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, the I other thing I'll mention with the balance thing is my daughter is an adventurer. I mean, she climbed Mount Kilimanjaro last year. And I mean, she has jumped out of an airplane in South Africa. She's, she's such an adventurer. And so... This year, we're going to Oregon, and she and I are going to hike, not all the way up. I mean, there are trails, Mount Rainier. And awesome. so you may have seen that cute little personal trainer I hired on <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> yes. And if you have a cute little trainer like that, you always work a little harder, you know, make sure you're... And so my, my balance includes being able to do that. Years ago, I hiked... Um, the El Camino de Santiago, I trained for nine months. At that point, I was in my, I was 62 or 63. And so there's so much you can do, but you got to think ahead and you got to plan, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, emotionally, I had to leave my pool for three weeks. <laughs> this is true. But so, I think that's also a good segue to talk about how do you take a break from work and what well, advice can you offer people on taking a break? And I think that's key. That's one of our key things. Cause a lot of times oh people God, say they is. don't have, yeah. <laughs> a lot of times people say, I don't have the time to take a break. Our show is to let people know they have time. So I know that one thing you're going to go on this incredible hike. I see that it's taking a break to do something fun and to bond with your daughter. So how do you take a break from work just on a regular, a regular day? And I know you have many, many ways to take a break. <laughs> well, I'm so fortunate that my time is flexible. Mm -hmm. I do not have a boss. And quite frankly, I've never really, I've been in sales before this. I was in sales with NCR Corporation. I had my own territory down in Macon, Georgia. And then I started my own company and I did that for years. But I've never been very good with having a boss what to do so I am a little bit different in being an artist mm -hmm. I can work when I want to I can work till two in the morning I can get up early and work but if I don't want to work for a week or two weeks I don't have to if I have art I need to deliver like I'm in the high point show and my work was such a big hit they needed 28 pieces I worked day and night for three weeks and then I had to go see my 
my doctor because my shoulder <laughs> said, look, old lady, you can't be doing this anymore. You know, and he said to me, Kim, do you take a break during your creation of art? And I said, oh, gosh, Dr. Tram, I never thought about it. So he showed me these things where I could like stretch like this, you know, and stretch like that. He says, you have got to take a break mm -hmm. and just have a drink of water. Stop being so focused on your deadline because eventually you won't be able to work physically that's it. if that's you it. don't take a break. That's it. So, Ooh, that's a good one. I love how you said that. Yes. You won't be able to. And so, yes, um, even my doctor told me, and then a cortisone shot helped a little bit. But for me, taking a break may be different than from some other people because I love to walk my, my dog. For some people, that might be a chore. Right. But for me, I just love, I love taking that as a, as a break. I love working out. I love to cook. I love to take care of my skin. I haven't done that yet, but you know, it could be down the road. And so I take breaks a lot during the day because I can. And at 68, right. a lot of people can, you know, they can right. if they're retired. I think for a lot of people at 68, is probably finding purpose more than taking a break. Although I will say I never watch TV during the day, ever. I'm always busy during the day. So what about for people in my my age range or younger, what advice would you give them on how to incorporate more breaks into their day? I think planning. Planning the night before. My son and his wife, they plan. So on Sundays, they get together and they make meals for the week. Mm, that's good. They plan. So they take, they have the tools to do it. They have a pressure cooker. They have an Instant Pot. They have all those things that they need. And they determine, they buy all their ingredients and they cook for the week. So they have planned so that when they come home, they can have time together. They can go play tennis. The meal mm -hmm. is cooked. I think... I think planning is the most important thing. And I think finding out what's, you know, what makes you feel comfortable in your, mm. in your break taking. I, I listen to audiobooks. So I have my little earplugs. I take a break around two for an hour. And I listen to my audiobook and I just unplug from the environment and I listen to my book. We're going way over our time, I know. It's not, it is fine. We're actually on the last question. We did really good, Thank which you. is, and the last question is, where can listeners find you online? I know that you have a website, and I know I know you on social media. What do you want the public to know where they can find you? Okay, let's see. What am I on Facebook? Um, let's see what I, who am I? I think my name on there is just Kim Chesney, K-I-M. C-H-E-S-N-E-Y. And I have to say there is a cute picture of me in a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> so if you see other Kim Chesneys, and there are, there's one that works for like USA Today. That's not me. Um, and then on Instagram, what do they call it? A handle? Yes. By the way, 
I have 723 followers. My goal was to have 500. Oh, How about awesome. That? I know. It's exciting. Um, so my handle is Kim Chesney, one word, underscore fine art. All right. And I'll be sharing all of that information in the show notes so that you definitely can find her on Facebook. You can definitely find her on Instagram. I'll also share her website so you can read more of her biography and and kind of see what we talk about when we're talking about encaustic and things of that nature. And by the way, my maiden name is Painter. Don't you love how that flows together? (laughs) My name is, it's so my, it's Kim Painter Chesney and Painter, people think I just throw that in there for fun. I go, no, that's my maiden name. Why couldn't it have been Rich? (laughs) Okay, Kim, on that note, we are going to let you go. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Everyone else, stick around for the three breakaways. Thank you. All right, and we are back with the three breakaways. I really hope you enjoyed this episode, taking a break to start over after age 40 with your career. And it really was a subset of talking about purpose a lot, um, which I think, I hope you guys found helpful. It was definitely helpful for me. But without further ado, we're going to get into these three breakaways. Breakaway number one, be fearless. So... Just listening to Kim tell the stories uh, about her life and how she was able to kind of start this career in the art and really talking to her about how she has approached family and things like that. To me, what kept ringing in my ears was the word fearless. It seems that when you start over after age 40, you have already gained all this experience. You've lived a life. Why not be more fearless? Why not go... I've reached this age. I'm after age 40. I want to be an artist. I want to be a singer. I want to make candles. You kind of have to be fearless. You've already blazed a trail. Don't be afraid to jump on what's next. Be fearless at this stage in your life. And that leads me to breakaway number two. Your purpose can change. Oh my goodness. I think that this is actually helpful advice for people under age 40 because I see so many people online, so many people on social media talking about purpose, crying, they can't find their purpose at age 20. I can't get a job doing something that's not the degree I got from school. Your purpose can change. Kim talked about being doing culinary stuff. She's led different programs. And then after age 40, She's an artist. Her purpose changed three or four different times. It's fluid. We had a whole conversation about it. Your purpose can be fluid. Um, There is so much wiggle room in your purpose. And I think sometimes we get bogged down in, I got to stay with my purpose. What's my purpose? My purpose is to be a writer for single women. That might just be your purpose for that subset of life. Your purpose can change. As long as you are drawing in breath, as long as you are changing, your purpose can change. Ooh, I think that's good. I'm going to write that down for myself. All right. (laughs) Breakaway number three. You have to create your own enthusiasm for life. 
hear me and hear me well, women after age 40. When you hit age 40, age 50, age 60, don't give up. Don't lose that zest. Embrace life. There are scientific studies that show that the more energetic and connected to life and community and things like that, the longer you live. And so you have to bring your own enthusiasm for life. Stop hanging around the negative Nancy. Stop listening to all these naysayers on social media, on YouTube and things like that. Bring your own enthusiasm for life. Wake up, put some zip in your stuff. As the girls say, stand up. I want you to stand up and create your own enthusiasm. You're in a job you don't like. What's, what's something good about that job? Connect with that and use that to propel you into doing better at that job or going and starting another career path. But you have to create your own enthusiasm for life. Let me read these three breakaways again. Number one, be fearless. Number two, your purpose can change. Number three, you have to create your own enthusiasm for life. Thanks for listening. Until next time, find a little time to take a break. Bye. Thanks for taking a break to listen to the episode. Connect with me at P.M. Kester, that's K-E-S-T-E-R on Instagram, or email thekestergroup at gmail.com. As always, subscribe, rate, and review us on your platform of choice. Until next time, find a little time to take a break. Bye.